What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt, and welcome back to the Altered Podcast. I am joined again by my friend, my pal, my brother in Christ, Daniel Hamilton. What's up, Daniel? Best friends forever. Best friends forever. <laughs> Ring. <laughs> oh my gosh, that brought back so many memories. Oh, all the OG yeah. SpongeBob fans out there. Oh yeah, I that- lock them all. Yeah, there's that one person that's like, SpongeBob is actually of the devil because they do this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, uh, th- you know John Christ, right? So yes. I was watching, it might have been like a, like a Snapchat video like years ago, and he was going through like things that overprotective Christian parents like wouldn't let their kids do or listen to. And uh, one of them was SpongeBob, but my favorite one was the band ACDC because they thought the acronym for it was anti-Christian devil children. Uh, and so <laughs> whenever you said SpongeBob it was of the devil, it just unlocked that memory, um, and it just it, it was hilarious. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because that, and we were actually talking about before we started this podcast about some uh, some funny things that we heard, you know, people say about certain things and how. People just want to make everything oh, boy. about, oh, my about the devil. <laughs> Man, people will turn in. If, if you really look hard enough, you will find something that you could uh, say and over-spiritualize it and be like, yeah, I think that's the devil. And yeah. really go, that's a, <laughs> it's a dangerous rabbit. It's like the people that protested the Starbucks red cup thing. And it's like, oh, you realize that every company that you shop at, aside from Starbucks, probably has something like that. You just don't know. Yeah. For sure. And I, I honestly, if we're all honest, I think the only thing that we can agree on that is the devil is Vicky Valancourt. And that's the only <laughs> thing I'll really stand behind to this day. Some people might say Kanye now, too. <laughs> oh, boy. Listen, I, I, ever since that interview has taken place, I've seen like more and more Kanye stuff popping up on Twitter and, and Facebook. Um, so, you know... If this was like just one big joke and he was just trying to get views uh, and like publicity, he's done his job. Like, like, right. literally, like hats off, round of applause. I, I'm very impressed. Um, so, yeah, man, it's like absolutely bizarre. I've actually, and what's crazy is I posted something because um, it was whenever he did his interview on, uh, oh gosh, what's that guy's name? It, the show's called Uncensored. I forgot the guy's name that does it. Um, but he went on that show and, and did a whole thing. And, and I posted essentially saying, like, I think Kanye, like, just making a joke. Like, I think Kanye has lost his mind or something like that. And there were people that were commenting under that saying, like, you know, I think we should hear him out. He's got some good stuff. And I was like, for one, I thought they were kidding. But, you know, some of them you could tell were like, yeah, I think that he's actually got some stuff to say. And I'm like, I, I don't think you realize some of the stuff he's saying. Because <laughs> it's, it's bad. Um, right, and I think you're talk talk about Piers Morgan. I think that's the show. Piers Morgan, that's it. That's right. Yeah, the the British dude. Yeah, he also like he also had uh, Andrew Tate on there, which you know Andrew Tate's a whole another can of worms. But uh, bro, what about that man? Do, well, let me ask you this: Do you think the allegations are true? Uh, it's the second time that the alleg. So for those that don't know, there was uh, for those who even actually keep up with this. This may be <laughs> mostly the younger generation, but Andrew Tate's kind of like this guy who exploded because of his. Uh, he he did messages on like masculinity and how like men should be dominant over women, all, like all this uh, old, and- old patriarchal stuff. When we say messages, we don't mean like sermons. We mean like oh, he's just yeah, posting yeah. things. Yeah, we just want to make that very clear. 
That's true. Yeah, that's right. We're doing a, a Christian podcast. So yeah, it's more like videos. <laughs> but he yeah. um he got for one, he got banned from every social media um initially because of his misogynistic comments, but he also got uh reinstated with Twitter and then he got arrested recently. Uh and this is actually the second time he's gotten arrested over this for essentially trafficking is what they're thinking uh human trafficking. And so I don't know if it's true, um, but if it's the second time you're getting arrested for that allegation, I, I wonder if there's maybe some some truth there. It may not be entirely true, but maybe there's something there that they're like, they're not just arresting him for no reason. They got something, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean that's that's some pretty serious stuff too. So you know, I, I hope it's not true, but there there's a chance that there could be some merit this time for sure. Yeah. Well, well I guess we'll we'll see. But yeah, so today's discussion, though, this is kind of a terrible transition, but I'll transition hey, now since we Go for it. That's right. So our last discussion, we talked about uh, salvation uh, and really kind of a new way to see salvation. Um, and when I say new, I don't mean like throwing out everything in the old, but like maybe some new ideas to help us rethink what salvation really entails, that it's not just something that we're checking a box for. I recommend going and listening to that, too. It's really good whenever you finish this. But today we're going to talk about kind of the next step to that. Like, what do we do now that we, now that we've become a disciple of Jesus? What now? Like, now that we've, and, and and you know, I'm not saying now that we've went to the aisle and prayed the prayer. I mean, like, now that we actually have placed our faith in Jesus and and called Him our Lord, what do we do now? And and I purposefully for this discussion didn't include any notes, so we're going to kind of just flow with this and and really give some. Um, Hopefully shed some light on some questions that you guys may have about what now. We're going to cover a couple of different things that typically are next steps for believers. Um, but yeah, so Daniel, so when it comes to, to the idea of sanctification, what is the first thing that you think of when you think about the idea of sanctification? So for me, I guess just to kind of define it, as simple as I know how, would be like the process of becoming more and more like Jesus uh, or, yeah. or just the, 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 the I, I view sanctification as like this very progressive process that happens over time. Uh, I, I think it can be something that can happen instantaneous. Uh, but more often what I've seen is that it, it is a process for most people who are new believers. Absolutely. And I think I definitely, and to piggyback off of that, um, it kind of reminds me of the passage in, in Romans 12, where it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the way that it's worded. Um, and, and I haven't researched the Greek or anything. So if the Greek is wrong, uh, saying something different then I apologize in advance, but just based off of what I see here on the surface, it seems as though Paul is saying, that renewing your mind is a present reality. It's not something that you you say, okay, my mind's renewed, and then you just move on with the rest of your life. It's a continual transformation. That The, you're, the more you renew your mind, the more you are transformed. Mm-hmm. And I, I think really that's that's the the root of sanctification in general. It's I mean, that's what the idea of repentance means too, is metanoia. To, uh, you're changing the way that you think. And by changing the way that you think, you are now receptive to what whatever you're changing your mind to is trying to give you. So in this case, with Jesus, that as our mind is being renewed and as we are shifting our our 
the way that we process things to kingdom, we now can receive what what God is wanting to do uh, in us, and that can look a lot different for a lot of people. So for some, um, there's pretty extreme ramifications. Maybe you uh, are someone who you know, but when you met Jesus, you were a, a prostitute. Uh, it's just the most extreme thing I can think of, and you know, as a, the first step of renewing your mind would probably be getting off the street and, and getting your life cleaned up. Um, but it could also be something as small as like, you know, I thought about God this way, or I thought about people this way, but now I actually want to start taking steps towards loving others and loving God. Uh, but to you, Daniel, like for your, your life personally, what, what did sanctification look like for you as, uh, as you were, um, you know, when you first met Jesus, like, what did that look like for you when you got started out? So I think initially I've, I struggled very much with like this line and I defined the line in a, a couple different ways, but I think, I wish I could remember who said it or the name of the speaker that I heard it from. I'm totally going to steal it, but it was very prevalent in my life. Um, the line between pattern sin and progressive sanctification, you know, where we all stumble in many ways. Oh, um, yeah. You know, I, I never wanted to be one of those people who, you know, were just like kind of going through the motions and like I would, you know, party on Saturdays and then ask for forgiveness on Sundays. I didn't want that to be my life. Um, mm -hmm. and even though I've, I found myself doing that sometimes during certain seasons of my life. So for me, sanctification... I guess I I really came to understand the concept of of what it meant uh, when I was probably fifteen or sixteen, which is kind of it could be late, could be early. I I don't I don't know, but for me, that's kind of when I I I'd heard the term, I knew what it was, but to actually experience it and see it like with my own eyes, and really it started. I, I first realized it because like I found myself in a situation with a friend that I had known for a few years and we were talking about this sin he was going through and mm -hmm. the way I was receiving what he was telling me and the way I was talking to him and the way that I was like trying to help him was completely different as to like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I just, the, the way that I was showing Jesus to him was completely different how I would have done it five years before and so i think that yeah. was like when i initially first started to realize like oh my gosh like i like i'm not the same person that i was and I, and I think really that's what sanctification is you begin to realize like i like my life is looking more and more like jesus you know it's not there yet and it'll never be there all the way but it's, it's like the person that i was five ten years ago is not the person that i am today yeah for sure for me it was um you know I, when i first I grew up in church, so like I I knew everything really there was to know about the basics of what a relationship with Jesus was supposed to look like, or so I thought. Um, and so, you know, at the church I was going to, I remember, you know, like my dad led me in a little prayer, and I got baptized, all this stuff. But, you know, I was so young that, like, my life really never changed, and to be honest, I would say my true sanctification process began, I'd say, within the last decade, because mm -hmm. within that last decade, the Lord has been essentially showing me that, um, for one, it's not about 
just changing your actions. It's about simply realize, like you just said, like realizing that you're a different person altogether. And from me realizing that I'm a different person altogether, it actually in turn fixed the actions too. That as I began to realize, you know, I I am I, I share the same identity as as Christ and and got like I am a co heir with Christ. Uh, John says that we now have the right to call ourselves children of God, and and realizing how God feels about me, all that stuff is really what brought about this renewing of my mind personally. Because um, it, it just I had I had been told all this stuff, but I was always told growing up that it was all about now that you're saved, now start changing your actions. And I would mm-hmm. even argue, like looking at the Bible and looking at how repentance and and being transformed, all this stuff is mentioned. N- I would argue that most, of, if not all, of the places that you see that is not trying to address the surface level actions of renewing, like of renewal, but rather trying to address the heart, renew your mind, renew how you see things, and that will in turn fix the actions as well. And we kind of talked about this when we talked about, um, I believe it was when we talked about the sacred versus secular. That when you have your heart postured um, in holiness as a as a mindset and as as an identity then that actually in turn fixes all the actions as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of like what it looked like um, for me. Yeah, so, you know, it's, I would say it's not too different then because, you know, just like you, I, I, I knew what it was. I kind of knew what it looked like. But until you, I guess, kind of experience it yourself, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It kind of adds like a whole new level of like, oh, so this is what that is. Like I, I can yeah. tell someone, you know, how I can give someone my testimony, explain to them what I've gone through in my life and where I was at when Jesus found me or met me during the middle of this situation or or this the storm of my life. Um and I can explain to them, you know, what it was like getting saved for the first time or uh or encountering the Holy Spirit for the first time. And and they can be amazed by it, but until yeah. they experience that for themselves, uh, when it just goes beyond learning about it or hearing about it, when you actually experience it for yourself, it's it just adds a whole new new level to it. Absolutely, and and I think that's a a good transition. And I want to kind of pose this question as well, um, and we can go whatever wherever we want to go with this idea. Um, but I think you know when you're renewing your mind. I don't think it just includes things that are sinful per se. I think it can also include changing the way that you think about certain spiritual practices. So like maybe mm-hmm. like for me, I, I grew up thinking that baptism was just something that you did because you had to do it once you're saved. Um, but renewing your mind may look like seeing something like baptism or, or going to church or whatever differently. So I want, I want to kind of tackle a couple of these and I know we're going to probably do a whole episode or series on these individually but just to kind of give a surface level to people who may like now that they've met Jesus they're kind of on the fence about some of this stuff because they've been told one thing but now their mind like through the renewal of their mind they're starting to see things differently so let, I, I kind of want to tackle a couple of these and we can you know go wherever we want to go with these so when it comes to baptism um what for you, Daniel? What what did baptism uh, like? Why why should someone get baptized? Why would that be a a proper next step for someone? Do, do they have to get baptized? Like what what makes baptism such a big deal uh, for you or for or for really any believer? What what makes baptism a big deal? So I would say that being 
or not being, but getting baptized is just that public profession that you have asked for Jesus to come into your life. Um, I, it's not like you're not going to go to hell if you don't get baptized, make that very, very clear. I know there's, 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 there's some denominations that they're very, feel very strongly about, you know, like this, this has to happen. Um, and, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I strongly encourage people to do it, but it, it definitely just boils down to, you know, you have made that step with Jesus. Uh, you've realized that he is the way he is the truth. He is the life. You have realized that life is better with rather than without. And so I'm going to make this declaration in front of my friends, my family, so that they know that I, I'm, I'm serious about, about him. Absolutely. And for me, actually, I actually got um, baptized twice in my life. The first time I got baptized, I would say, was the, the checking the box one. I, I got baptized because all my friends were getting baptized, and I was just told this is what I had to do. But I will say, I got baptized again, um, I, would, I think it was about two years ago, two or three years ago, um, and it was my brother actually baptized me. We were at a uh, a river here in in Columbia, and one of the things that that he said that that really moved me, and this may be helpful for a lot of people who are thinking about this next step, is essentially it's it is a a physical, uh, visible representation of you being buried with Christ and then being raised to life in Christ. And when you the way that we do baptism is probably a little unorthodox. We kind of leave people under for a second. We don't just like dunk them and bring them back up instantly. Um, and we give them a warning, a heads up, like hold your breath, like big time. We don't want to drown you. Yeah, right. Um, but it gives them a chance, to, like while they're underwater, to have that realization. And this happened with me that when I went underwater, I could feel like the like the river washing like washing over me. And in that simple, like two to three second moment, I, I could, I, this may be a little too uh, mystical for some, but I truly felt like the Holy Spirit was was moving in me there, saying, like, I have washed everything away. Everything Bro, I that got doesn't chills. belong is gone. I got chills yeah. when you said that. So, gosh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, and, and the beautiful thing, too, and this is, this is what made me, I cried like a baby when this happened. When I got out of the water, the sun was like shining directly on my face and I could feel the warmth of it. And it was almost as if it was like, this is new life. Now I can feel the warmth of this new life. Um, again, that may be too mystical for some. I don't really care if it is. Um, that's just, that's what happened with me. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but if you're considering baptism, I, I challenge you don't just do it to check the box. Like the whole purpose of sanctification in general is you're you're doing these things not so that you can say that you did them, but you're doing these because this is what's renewing your mind, and you're recognizing the impact of these things uh, in, in your life. And so, I, I I am just like Daniel. I highly encourage that you take that next step, recognizing that you are being buried with Christ and you are being raised to life in Christ. There's nothing magical about the water. The water doesn't have anything magical. It is a symbol for you to look back on and say, "I left it all in the water." And that's, that sounds super cheesy, but that's kind of what you're saying. Um, but do you have anything else on that, Daniel? No, I was just gonna say that I totally agree with making sure not checking off the boxes. You know, don't just do it because oh, because because John Doe did it. It, it definitely yeah. needs to be something that you come to terms with. This I want to do it because 
of this. And, and, and I strongly encourage anyone who is considering it to talk with your pastor. I, I know a lot of churches, they either have resources to, or they might even have it already available uh, of some sort of like baptism class. That's one thing that yeah, I sure. did that I didn't have when I was uh, growing up in a small church and was baptized in a small church. Not that I didn't understand it. I just feel like being educated on what it truly is so you can get that deep in your heart. I think when you're just armed with knowledge of really why you're doing it, it just makes it that much sweeter. And, and I will say this too. I am all for uh, getting rebaptized as well. You know, Matt, I, yeah, I, was a young, I was a young kid whenever I got baptized and I, I've considered getting baptized again. I mean, I've not done it yet, but it's just, it's crazy how just not, not that it's bad to get it done as a kid. I think it's great. I just think as you've gone through life and you've seen how much you've matured and what you've, what you've learned throughout this journey as a, as a Christian, I think getting rebaptized, it's just, it's so much sweeter. It just, it, the, 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 the meaning behind it, just, you just, you understand so much more about what you're doing. So definitely encourage anyone, even though I've not done it myself, I'm a big proponent of, if you feel like you need to do it now that you're an adult, for sure, go and do it. Uh, just like Matt mentioned, it just, it just a whole new level to, to really what it is. Absolutely. And I was even, I was serving at a church one time. Uh, I won't say the name of the church because I'm about to say something not so great. Um, and as someone who, who was one of the people that like baptized at this church, they would actually tell us that if someone, you know, wanted to go and get rebaptized to essentially have a conversation with them and tell them they don't have to do it. And looking back now, I, luckily I didn't have to have many of those conversations, maybe one or two that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, but I, I'm just like Daniel. I, I think if if you need to, like, if that's something that's going to bring about some understanding and healing for you, and that's something like you were baptized as a kid and you feel like you need to go through that again, I I say do it. I like there's here's my philosophy. Like, what's gonna ha- like is is something bad gonna happen that you're getting baptized again? <laughs> Are you gonna get struck by lightning? You know, right. God's like. I don't need you to do this anymore. Like, no, if you feel like that's what you need to do, then do it. And if people don't support that, then maybe you need to find a, a new set of friends who, to encourage you. But, uh, that, that I, I meant that as a joke, sort of. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And so, and, and while I guess kind of while we're on this topic, we can talk about church too. Cause this is, uh, I feel like a lot of questions that, that I get, especially in 21st century uh, post COVID conversation, um, the, the question that, that I get is there's either two questions I get one, do I have to go to church at all now? Cause can it, can it just be me and God and that be all that we do? Or can I like go to a small group every now and then, but not consistently attend a church. But the other question I get is, is it okay if I just watch church online? Mm. And so, we'll, um, so let me ask you, Daniel, if, if someone comes to you and says, is church a necessity and why, how would you answer that question? I would, I'm going to sound very biased just because I am a <laughs> pastor. Um, but even when I wasn't a pastor, I can definitely tell, I can look back on my life and I can see a big difference of when I was consistently in church and when I wasn't. And what I will say is, 
there's a lot of arguments as to why I don't have to be in church consistently or why I don't have to go to church. Um, I, we've heard the argument of, you know, that church is filled with hypocrites. Um, that church is this, that church is that, uh, all I need is Jesus, you know, what, what have you, we've heard them all church services are, or, or church groups, whatever you want to call them. They are there to, uh, number one, uplift, being able to do life with other believers that, um, are in maybe similar journeys as you, or they're going through similar things. There is nothing like walking life with others um, that can help mature you and push you right along. In fact, if you read the Bible, that's something that Jesus did. I mean, he was alongside his disciples um, quite a bit going through life um, and just... And he, he he was there for they were there for one another. I I think that's huge. And I during COVID we we definitely saw um, more people switching to online. You know for for whatever reason. Uh, not saying that you shouldn't have done that because I know my, the church I was at at the time we we went on online for about nine or ten months um, just just out of safety. And not saying that you, we shouldn't have done that. We should have. But being in person at a, at a church service. Um, it, it helps uplift you when you're around like-minded believers. And I, I truly feel like there's, you, you learn so much more, um, that the things that you can be taught in person, it's, I feel like you're challenged more. It's real easy yeah. to be at home in your own bubble and to listen to service and to, and to, to, to read your Bible or do devotions, but whenever you are in church or in a group and you're surrounded with people who have different ideas and people who might interpret things differently, I feel like that that being there and that being a part of your life, I think that's going to challenge you to want to learn more and know, know more about who Jesus is. So for me, and I know I went on a tangent there for a second, but I think just those two things for it, like being uplifting and, and just it challenging your faith to make you really want to dig in and learn more when you hear other people around you. That's, that's kind of like, for me, I think that's, that's almost crucial to, to your walk. So you don't become stagnant. Yeah, absolutely. And I know some people may be hearing this um, and maybe you come from a background where you've been really hurt by the church. And I don't want to pretend like for one moment that, that church hurt is not a real thing or that spiritual abuse is not. I mean, I, I feel like, especially if you live uh, in America, uh, church hurt is everywhere. And and there's mm-hmm. a lot of churches out there that have been very destructive towards people. Um, but I want to say this. I, I don't think that if that's been, if that's you, if you went through that, that uh, as someone who has been hurt by the church a lot, um, there are good ones out there. Uh, it's just a matter of, of, you know, trying out what works and what doesn't work and, and finding one that, that best aligns with the way that you think um, and has people that are going to be uplifting and uh, uh, affirming of, of who you are, but not like, but not so much that they affirm your, your sin, but affirming in the sense of like who you are in Christ and not going to shove you away if you mess up. Uh, Cause that happened to me in a, a few churches where I would, you know, something would happen or I, I would move on to something else. And it's like, I almost got just completely exiled by the, the church that I was a part of or the people that was there. 
and it, it hurts. But as someone now, like, and, and like Daniel said, I'm a little biased too as a pastor, but uh, the church that I go to now was literally, I, I told God that if this church doesn't work out, then I'm done because of how many churches I had went through that just were terrible. Um, but now that I'm here, I can truly say that that if you really do search out the good ones out there, I think you're going to find it, especially if you um, allow God to be a part of that process. Let, let, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Um, and if you go somewhere and it doesn't work out, then don't let that affect how you feel about the next church. But let me let me get back to, to why I think church is important. Um, Bill Johnson says, and I probably just by saying Bill Johnson's name, 30 people probably just cringed. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of people who just hate Bethel for some reason. Um, right. But I won't go into that today. Um, anyways, uh, Bill Johnson said that, uh, and this uh, this is sort of biblical, but uh, he said um, that there's a fresh drink reserved for when the sons and daughters of God come together and lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, and and I would argue that's kind of like saying, if two or more are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. But I think mm-hmm. that there is, and as someone who's been a part of a church that were, that is truly seeking Jesus and nothing else, I can say that with confidence that that it's just there's something different about being gathered around other people who love Jesus and who want the same thing you want, and and worshiping Jesus together. There's a new, uh, a fresh drink. If, and I like using. I think that word. I, I like that metaphor. It's a fresh drink reserved for those who gather together and lift up the name of Jesus. That you're not going to get at home. Um, when it comes to the online church thing, uh, like Daniel said, uh, I get it with COVID. L- let me give you a wake up call for a second because this this is this needs to be said. COVID <laughs> is over. Okay, like it is that excuse. I'm talking. I'm talking specifically to those who who stopped going to church and and now they're only watching online and still saying it's COVID. COVID's done. Like you you good. It's 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 safe out here now. We we're good. We're good to go. Um, you, you can leave your house now. You can go. You can go to the store and buy some bread. Um, but I say that to say that online church, in my opinion, has been one of the most um abused things in church history because you know i i love that churches provide their stuff that's how i learn a lot of the stuff i learn now is through other churches but people have used that as an excuse not to go to church and some churches affirm that saying it's okay that you do that you can just watch online and i think that has told like the early church was all about gathering together and and worshiping God together and doing things together. My philosophy is if you don't plan on going to church, then then don't pretend like you are by going then watching online cuz if you don't want to be there in person, good chance you're watching online just because you feel like you have to. Um right. But that's just my I mean I don't want to assume that for everybody. I know people have certain circumstances. I'm talking about those who are just lazy. Um <laughs> But as a new believer, I, th- I went on a tangent. I am so sorry. I went on a tangent. Um, as a new believer, I do think that going to a church is something that will be beneficial for you. Um, at the very least, I say start out. If, if, it, if it has to be a slow start, start out by finding like a small group that's already meeting under another church's name. Just like meet with the small group and see how they are on a personal level. And then if you like that, then try out the church itself. But um, 
I think the church will be super beneficial if you find the right one because uh, life can't be done by by yourself. As much as you may think you can do it all by yourself, you need those people around you who are going to... There's been some things that I've done in my life that had it not been for those two or three people who were like, Matt, you're doing something incredibly stupid. Don't do those things. If it had not been for those people, I'd be... I don't know where I'd be today. Um, yeah, same. Absolutely. Yeah, and so... That's that's kind of my thoughts on church. Um, let me let me bring up one more, and then we'll kind of bring it down after we talk about this one. These are, these are just some examples we're given, by the way. This isn't the only things that you have to that like. We're not saying do these things and you'll be sanctified. It's like we're just giving you some some good practical next steps on your journey with Jesus. But I want to bring up one more because this is a common question I get to is about reading your Bible. So let me, let me ask you this, Daniel. I'm, I'm I guess this is kind of a two part question. One should believers read their Bible um, every day or consistently? And also, uh, should people do things like reading plans and as they're, as they're reading, um, as opposed to just diving? Like, what do you think, like, where's the line in doing a reading plan and finishing it in a year as opposed to diving deep within like one chapter for like a whole week or something? Like, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the idea of just reading the Bible in general? Yeah, so I will say that reading the Bible is absolutely crucial to your walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. You can go to service, you go to church, and that's really important, but you should never take someone else's word for something. You need to go and find out for yourself. There's a, a different level of understanding when you read something for yourself and you have the realization for yourself of who Jesus is and what the gospel really is. So to answer the first question, yeah, it's absolutely crucial. Uh, you should definitely get in the Word as much as you possibly can. Now, to um, the kind of caveat to that is everyone is different. When I, <laughs> when I first got saved, I, and I hope this doesn't sound blasphemous, I could not stand it. I hated reading the Bible. Um, yeah. and, and, at, and at the time, I was like, <laughs> I, I feel ashamed to even say this. It was like I was kind of raised, like I shouldn't say raised. The church I was at, it was like King James only because like the NIV was like of the <laughs> devil. Where you throw that yep. word devil around a lot, uh, and be- and the person who wrote the NIV or translated it to NIV, they were like a Satan worshiper. Yeah, well, I've listened. I've, I've heard it all. Like we we've heard it all. Um, yeah. So. I, um, the King James version of the Bible, like it was kind of confusing as, as, as a kid, as a young teenager. And so like the interest wasn't really there. Um, and, and I really didn't like reading in general at that time. Um, so it was, it was hard. It was hard for me. So if I could give any, any advice is I, I, for me, even as, as, as a pastor, I use reading plans. Um, and the reason I use reading plans is because nine times out of ten, these plans have been developed by people who um, are either like they're theologians, they have read the Bible themselves, and they know what is going to work. People sure. who have read the Bible over and over and over and over and over, I, I, I would trust their word over what is the best way to read the Bible. And so yeah. there's so many plans out there. You're going to find something that works for you. The only thing that I would say is to get something in every single day, whether it's 
one verse or one chapter, try to read something. Uh, that like I think consistency is probably the biggest thing, and that's the biggest takeaway and the biggest dub that you can get if you could just get one piece of scripture in a day. Absolutely, go for it and do it. Because as, as a pastor uh, who has you know um, you know working bivocational, it could, it could be extremely challenging trying to balance church and then work and then trying to balance your own personal life or your own personal walk with Jesus is extremely difficult. So I know how hard it can be, but even if it seems so small, being consistent and reading even just one scripture a day, it makes the biggest difference. Yeah, sure. I I agree. Um, for, for me, uh, for, well, one verse that I always like to quote, and this is the most commonly quoted thing about scripture. Um, but I'll quote it just for those who may have not heard it. Uh, it's in Second Timothy chapter three. It says, "All Scripture is God breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work." And I think that is right. The best summary you can give on on Scripture is that what you're reading is not you're not just reading the thoughts of of it. I mean, sure, there are elements of that. Uh, there's a little, you know, there's a gray line. Uh, yeah. But ultimately, all Scripture is God's word like this is what this is what God has given us as his word and has entrusted to those who wrote these uh these letters and wrote these stories and I think that like Daniel said I I don't it it can be really dangerous um to like because some people you know they'll they'll say you know read exactly this many verses a day or read exactly this many chapters a day and I think that developing a pattern of reading to check a box can be kind of dangerous because then it's like you start to, because like you just said, like I didn't like reading the Bible either, but it was mostly because I, I've always been the kind of person that if someone tells me I have to do something, it makes mm-hmm. me not even want to do it anymore because it's like, right. I, I, I don't, I don't want to do something that I have to do. I want to do something because I want to do it. Right. Um, And you know, for me, like this is where me and Daniel are kind of like different personality. Like you said, it's dependent on each person. For me, I've personally never been a reading plan guy. I I totally understand how people are. I'm the kind of person that I read so slow with some of this stuff. It may take me three or four years to get through the Bible, um, just because I like to I like to take it a little bit slower. But there's nothing wrong with with reading plans. That's just kind of my approach. I will say one thing though about reading plans, a pet peeve of mine, and I I hope this is not totally pooping on on anything Daniel's doing currently. <laughs> I am not a huge fan of chronological reading plans. Um, the reason why is, for one, the authors wrote what they wrote and the order that they wrote it on purpose. I'm not like, by the way, our Christian Bibles are totally out of order than what they were originally in the Old Testament, especially. Um, but just generally speaking, how some people will like read something, they'll say, you know, when you're this part in Genesis, now read all of Job and then come back to Genesis. And I'm like, for one, I don't. I, we have nothing that says that what happened in Job is a literal story. Like how? Do, like how do we interpret this and this and this? And so I, I think that when we when we take, and this is just my personal beef. This has this is not scripture at all. What I'm saying. This is just my personal beef. Um, I think that if we read things chronologically, we can actually miss the point of what's being said, especially if they're intending something to be poetic. But because we're reading it chronologically, we read everything as history. Um, that's just kind of my take on it. But yeah, I think reading your Bible is, is a a huge, huge thing. And 
listen, we're we're in the 21st century now. We have audio Bibles. Like it, yeah. for some of you, and, and I listen. I'm the kind of I I have nothing wrong with audio books and audio Bibles. Some people think that if you listen to an audio Bible, that you're not going to get as much out of it. Let me tell you this. I did. A, I listen. I, I stumbled over my words. I um I found a study recently because I was curious because I listen to a lot of audio books. It is a proven fact based on a study that I found. I don't know how reliable this is, but based on the study I found, that listening to a book and reading a book physically, there there is no difference in comprehension. Uh, the only difference is how attentive you are to what you're doing. So if you're if you're just as attentive listening as you are physically reading, there's no difference in comprehension. So if you're listening to your Bible on the way to to work or something. And you're actually listening to what's being said. It's is no different than if you sat down and got your Bible out and started physically reading it. So let that free some of you who may have been told different. It's science. Um, right. Audio audio books work. Uh, I say that as someone who I, I love 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 audio, especially if you find a good narrator too, who kind of helps things feel a lot more intense. And some of them have like background music and stuff. Um, but one thing I heard, I, I'm kind of rambling now, but this will be the last thing I say, and we'll kind of bring this down. Um, I, I watched a video recently and we can share this in the show notes for anybody who actually cares. One of my mentors did a, um, a kind of like a, what, what he does for spiritual disciplines, uh, in the mornings, kind of like a day in the life of this teacher. And, um, he was talking about how much he does with the Bible. And he said, the reason why he spends so much of his morning, you know, reading and memorizing and writing out the text is because he wants to simply put the text in him in whatever way works. In that, in our life, we are going to be encountering so many different things, and the Word of God is what's essentially going to help us get through whatever we're going through. And if we have no idea what it says about certain things, then there's a good chance that we may think that God's not with us or that God's not present with us or God doesn't have any direction for something, when actually the answer could be in His Word. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll free some of you with that. Is is there anything else you want to say on that, Daniel? Before we kind of wrap things up? No, I I will say that you you didn't crap on me. I've I've never read like a Bible plan in chronological order like that. Honestly, that kind of makes my brain hurt trying like to mm-hmm. go back and forth like that. So I'm I'm happy I've never done it because that sounds <laughs> absolutely awful. No, not trying to take a shot at anyone else who might do that, but yeah, not for me for sure. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not trying. Like, I hope. I know I kind of came off a little bit strong. I, it, do whatever works for you. Like, my, in my opinion, if you're reading the Bible, you're doing something mm-hmm. right. Yeah, like, absolutely. However, that works for you. Um, I personally, historically speaking, don't think that chronological order is the best way. But if that's what you feel like you need to do, or, or that's what you feel like you want to do, like. I'm not going to discourage you from reading your Bible. So do whatever works for you. You know what? Um, also recommend to... I ha- not to interrupt you. Ahead. I have an idea, Matt. So I say next episode, um, what we should do. I- and I'm just curious because this might kind of like bring about like some interesting discussions or questions. What if me and you kind of go through like our daily routine of kind of like what we do when it comes to like studying the Bible or or our spiritual disciplines, if you will? Throughout the day, would that be something you're comfortable like sharing? Hey, what well, we could we could do it right now if you want. I mean, we're we still have some time left. We could. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious now that we you mentioned it. it's like, I, what does Matt do? You know, 
Yeah. So, so I'll share mine and then you can, I'll let you share yours and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. Okay. Um, for sure. Essentially. So for me, I, I'm not very, cons- so this is not something that I'm very good at uh, doing every single day, but this is something that I try to do each day. Um, so essentially I, I, you know, I wake up in the morning and that's kind of like while I'm getting ready and going to work, I use a lot of that time for just prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, I'm moving around a lot and doing a lot of things and it's just the first thing I want my day to look like is, is listening to God. Um, when I get to work, I typically do a lot of my, uh, I have a lot of teachers that I listen to podcasts. I listen to that's kind of the space that I do that. And then when I get home is when I do a lot of my uh, Bible study. So uh, a lot of my Bible study looks like presently because of uh, how many different things I have going on is as I'm teaching or preparing teachings for certain things, um, that's my chance. All, like while I'm there, I study that, uh, that passage a lot more in depth as well. Um, but assuming that I'm not preparing something, typically what I do is I, I work on a book of the Bible and go verse by verse. I try to look at the original languages using Bible hub. Um, that's just a tool that works for me. Blue letter Bible is another good resource. Um, and I, I kind of go through it that way. Like what I've been doing because we're going through a kingdom of God teaching at the church I go to. Um, I've been studying a lot of the Gospels, and uh, and and this will be a whole other discussion entirely. But a lot of what Jesus talks about and teaches hints at a lot of Old Testament stuff. So I've been doing a lot of going back and forth, reading that context and and stuff like that. Um, but my study looks more like you know I listen to my teachers and stuff when I'm doing stuff, but then when I can actually sit down at my computer and and really dive into God's Word. Um, I'm more of a person that goes verse by verse and try to extract as much as I can from that verse before moving on to the next one, which is why a chapter in the Bible could take me, you know, two or three weeks sometimes because there's just so much there. Um, but that's kind of like my thing. And then I close out my night by, you know, ending it with prayer as well. Like I start my night with prayer or start my day with prayer and then end my day with prayer. And then in between, I just study with whatever resource I have with me at the time. I also like to read books too. Um, I listen to audiobooks at work sometimes, but as far as like reading, I read um, at home usually each night as I'm kind of winding down because it kind of helps me get tired because <laughs> reading's kind of boring. Um, so I, I sit down at my desk and I read a few pages of the book that I'm working on and then I call it a night. But that's that's kind of like my routine. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, so let me just say I, I love it. And I think you're going to find that ours is similar on some things. Um, so mm-hmm. the first thing that I do is uh, whenever I wake up, I try to start off with uh, just, you know, meditation, uh, prayer meditation, uh, nothing big. Like I'm getting ready for the day, uh, brush my teeth, hit in the shower. I'm just I'm talking to God, having a conversation with him. Uh, it's not uncommon to have worship music going in the background, uh, just trying to set the tone for the day. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very casual, you know, it's nothing crazy. You're not going to find me, you know, slain in the spirit in my, in my shower or anything like that. It's just, just <laughs> very normal, very I hope normal. Not, not <laughs> <your shower. laughs> right. uh, but one thing that I am, I'm pretty consistent about, uh, is devotions. You know, I mentioned earlier that I love, sure. um, I love, 
plans. I love Bible plans uh, and devotions. It's just part of it for me. And so there's two that I read every single day. And it's nothing crazy, like not like five pages. It's like at most maybe one or two pages of, of worth of devotions just to kind of get me thinking. Um, and yeah, I, I'll plug the the books. Uh, you don't not not saying that like the best devotions ever. It's just what I'm using right now. The first one I use it's by John Maxwell, and it is a leadership devotional. Um, and then the other one that I read it's just called Walking with God. It's a 365 daily devotional by David Jeremiah, and that's kind of what I'm I'm reading out of now. So I will uh, start the morning with uh, you know just, just praying, talking with God worship music and meditation, read those two devotions. Uh, I'll kind of get into my day with work. Uh, Slimmer to Matt, I'll have some podcasts playing here and there. Um, I listen to Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast whenever the pods do drop. Uh, I listen to, uh, <laughs> I'll probably, people laugh at me, but um, Judah Smith, I listen to his, his church home podcast. Um, wow. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll listen to, um, Oh, uh, free chapels podcast. Um, I've been listening to a lot of, so I, I say that to say this, there's some people that I listen to that I might not always agree with, uh, or people that challenge sure. me, I should say. Um, one of them is, and when I mention this name, it's, it's really just because it challenges me, uh, Bama podcast, which I highly recommend if you're not re- listening to it yes. to, to, and I know Matt was going to amen me on that one. Uh, it's a, it's an yeah, amazing yeah. podcast, amazing resource. Um, I'll listen to, uh, like Jordan Peterson's talks sometimes, uh, really mm-hmm. interesting fellow, I'm not saying I agree with everything he's about, uh, but definitely just, just a very intelligent individual. Uh, but you know, I listen to podcasts and, and talks like that throughout the day. Uh, that way, like my mind is always kind of meditating or I'm, I'm just in the thought of, 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 of him pretty much. And then I always end the night with, um, reading the Bible. Um, currently I am in the book of Deuteronomy. Mm. And what I like to do is I will, how much I read the Bible every day. It's, it's different. Like it could be a few verses. It could be a few chapters. It just depends on the kind of how my day has gone, to be honest with you. And that's something like for the new years, I want to get better at, yeah. but I will I will read out of uh, my Bible, which is the NIV, and then I've got a <laughs> don't make fun of me. I've got a Bible that is like um, it's like a commentary by Perry Stone, um, just because I I yeah, like I'm gonna to, laugh at you. Yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's totally fine. Listen, I, I can handle it, but I like to read the Bible. Uh, for me, and I, I like to read it again and see what someone else has to say about it. Yeah. Um, it just it kind of goes along with you know I just want to I want to challenge myself. I want to see what people are saying, um, and then I always end the day with prayer and then a devotional. And right now, um, our church is going through a corporate fast, and I'm reading a devotional book every night before I go to bed mm-hmm. in in regards to the fast that we're, that I'm doing. Um, so that's kind of, that's, that's where I'm at. Like I said, nothing crazy. Um, you know, I, I've realized that throughout my life that my routines kind of changed based off of, you know, what I need and where I feel like God is leading me. So it's not something that's set in stone, but that's been pretty consistent. This is what I've been doing for the past year or so. So, 
Yeah, I'll and I'll say too. We'll just flood people with resources to go and check out. I'll say some of the things that I that I listened to too. I didn't really mention the podcast. So one, the Bama Discipleship podcast that he just mentioned. I'm telling you, it has changed my life. It it is oh man, unbelievable. Um, so that's if I had to recommend anything, I'd say go to that. Start at episode whatever the first one is. Episode zero, I think, is their introductory episode, and listen just mm-hmm. to every like. Be blessed. It's like a fire hydrant of knowledge. Um, that's my favorite. Um, I also listen to the Bible Project some, which they have some phenomenal, phenomenal tools, uh, especially their little videos. They're like five-minute videos that go through basic ideas in the Bible. Um, like we, we referenced one in a recent episode on heaven and earth, and we put that in there. But they have those kind of videos all over their website. Um, oh, this is going to offend some people. I... I personally am a huge Rob Bell fan. I know a lot of people think mm, he's a heretic okay. because of what he believes about hell and stuff like that. And well, we'll talk about that at hell in a second um, <laughs> because we, we, we have a, a discussion next week on that. Um, but yeah, Rob, Rob Bell has a podcast called the Rob cast, which is a brilliant discussion. He kind of takes more of a, he's a lot more progressive. So so I don't agree with everything he says, but I do love the way that he thinks. Um, another one I love is Ask N.T. Wright Anything podcast. N.T. Wright, oh my gosh, the the most brilliant New Testament scholar I think our generation has ever seen. Uh, he's just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. He's fluent in Greek. Uh, he knows the culture really well. He He's just a brilliant individual. Um, let's see. I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, uh, oh yes. So I listen to Damon Thompson a lot as well. Damon Thompson Ministries has essentially they just throw their sermons online, and his sermons are long. So if you go and listen to him, his sermons are about an hour and a half to two hours long. Um, but he is, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely don't agree with everything he says. In fact, there's some sermons that I'll listen to, and it's just unbelievably frustrating. But one thing I love about Damon Thompson is he really understands the idea of beloved identity, uh, the idea of you're loved by God, what does that mean for you, and living out your best life in intimacy with God. That like his, As far as engaging the mystical side of my life, Damon Thompson is, is who I go to. Um, I think that's all the resources I have aside from books. But as far as podcasts go, I think we've given you enough resources now to where you'll be busy oh, for a yeah. while. Um, so 100%. definitely go and check out both the things we recommended because there's some there's some resources that Daniel mentioned that I probably wouldn't go to first um, that disagree with what I believe sometimes. And I'm sure that there's some things I recommended that Daniel would disagree with. Um, but that's just part of our journey is listening to voices out there, whether they are, you know, beneficial or not. And that way you can shape how you think to what you know to be true and what scripture says. Um, but yeah, so, and I, I, I hinted at this earlier and I'll go ahead and mention it as we close next week, we're going to be talking about heaven and hell and I'm gonna, I'll go ahead and tell you ahead of time. Me and Daniel, I, I'm 99% sure we, we have disagreements um, pretty heavily on this stuff, which is, yeah. I, I think it's fun. Um, but just to prepare you for next week, please don't ever think, hopefully by now you guys know this, but don't think that, that me and Daniel, like, like, like if I say something, don't think that Daniel has to perfectly agree with what I just said. 
uh, and same vice versa. Like the whole point of this this podcast is that we can get together two guys who we agree on most everything, and there may be some things we disagree on, but that's an opportunity for us to to hear each other out, to love each other, and to show people that you can actually disagree with people and still be friends yes. with them. You know, that's right, so, absolutely. Yeah, and so we're going to be tackling uh, heaven and hell. Is going to be fun. It's going to be uh, a good. Just honestly, it's not going to be incredibly deep. I don't think it's going to be more just like sharing what we think about the idea and giving you the tools to wrestle with it yourself. But uh, Daniel, is there anything else you have before we kind of close this out? No, I think that's it. I'll just mention one thing really quick. Um, Thank you so much for your continued support and for listening to your boys. We mentioned all these podcasts you should go check out, but please don't forget about us. (laughs) That's the only thing that I will say. Yeah, remember where you came from. (laughs) That's right. Remember your roots. They're going to go to the Bama podcast and be like, what's altered? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yes, well, I mean, we're uploading once a week, so hopefully, you know, that our podcast, this one's been kind of long, but most of our podcasts are generally under an hour. So come right. check us out. Don't forget about us. We're, we love Jesus, too. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to be it, though, for, for this episode today. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. Share it with your friends. And uh, we're, we're continuously growing. We look, like you said, we look, we look at the statistics uh, every week. And it seems like the listenership goes up a little bit each week. And so I'm excited to see where this podcast is heading. And um, hopefully we look back at this, you know, two, three years down the road and we're like, this was, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of what we listen to, like from this episode, two years down the road that we're like, oh my gosh, why did I say that? Um, <laughs> exactly. But that's just part of the, the process. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and close it out before we reach an hour so I'm not putting people to sleep. Thank you guys so much for joining. We hope you guys, uh, all the resources will be below in the show notes. Um, But we will see you guys in the next episode. Oh, wait, Altered Nation out. Nation out. out. (laughs) (laughs) Cue the music.